Well, hello, and through the magic of television, welcome to uh, a different location for this episode of the Fine Watchers podcast. A different one again. Indeed. <laughs> episode 12 this time. Uh, and we are at the Watch Dealers in sunny, sunny Queensland. Yeah, so this is this is my store and, and welcome. It's great to have you here. You've Thank not you been yet, but indeed. this is fantastic. So, yeah, this is we're on location at the Watch Dealers. It is. It's lovely. It's very shiny. Case of Rolexes in blinders. It's a very shiny case of shiny Rolexes, it right? It is very shiny, indeed. Indeed. So, welcome to uh, the episode. Uh, hopefully, um, you guys have been enjoying the shorter format as much as we've been enjoying bringing it to you. Um, we've had a few good comments on it, uh, so thank you for that. Uh, and as usual, if you like uh, what you're seeing, please throw us a like and uh, maybe make a comment and subscribe because it does help us. I know we say it every time, but we're saying it again. What's the, what's the thing? To smash the like button. Smash the like. Yeah. Smash that like button. But like do. you know, the community that's building up behind Find Watch's podcast has been amazing. I mean, every episode oh. it seems we're getting three, four, five people coming in, and, and we're getting thousands and thousands of you fellow watch nerds just just viewing the videos and hopefully enjoying the content. So we're we're really happy with it. Um, the comments mean the world to us, and we try and get to every single one of you. Uh, so, yeah, please, just comments. Uh, they do a great thing for us. And we just like hearing from you. Uh, Gerald Genta Design, 1980, so just after the Royal Oak was made. Wow. Bulliver released their own. And that's it. So this is actually 40-odd years old at this point. Um, and check out the bracelet stretch on this thing. 40 years old, and I've, I've zero. seen... Yeah. Absolutely zero. Zero. Ten-year-old date just can't do that. So, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. It's 36 mil automatic. It's an ETA movement, but... Uh, that's why the price is not really that price. Jeez, it's just, it's really not far no, no, not different, at all. is it? I mean, the face, the texture, as we talked about in that episode, is still gorgeous. Yeah. And the hands too. The right? hands a little bit plainer than the than the, the sort of full batten hands yeah. on the other one. But, you know, for, for the money, who cares? Because um, they're really pretty and, and nice anyway. And I love Boulevard. Like, I reckon, yeah. you know, their moon watch is... It's a real moon watch. Like it's, yeah, it's actually it's been, been, it's been to the there. moon. And, uh, you know, it's really, really underrated. I think people, you know, sort of steer clear of it a little bit because it's it's got that that sort of quartz movement, whatever. The bulliverness of it but, as well. But, yeah, but it's such a good-looking watch. I, I think so. I think so. I We've still got like a few of those recently. The curved... Um, the start, stop pushes and everything. It's cool. I think it's, it's cool. cool. And now they've brought the smaller one out. Just, it's way better. Great looking. What's on your wrist, Max? Um, one that I think I've worn before, frankly, but I, I just love it. This is the uh, the one four six double oh seven Omega. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Seamaster. That's my favourite colour combination of them with that nice deep blue sunburst dial. Dial's nuts on this White watch. White dial. It's just beautiful. And it's got the so. What I think of as traditionally a Speedmaster element with their chronographs, um, the hand, the, the chrono hand. Um, with the aeroplane seat signature, essentially. Yes. Which I think is quite cool. Yeah. I mean, there, there's quite a bit of crossover between this and the the Speedy 4.5. That's what so I'm thinking So it's got of, that yeah. same, the same movement and the same layout of the functions. It's got the little 24-hour hand uh, underneath and, and uh, all that. So it's there was quite a bit of crossover between the Seamasters and Speedmasters quite at a bit. this point. Um 
And they were all sort of trying to get that kind of jet set, jet set lifestyle thing happening. It was the time of the Flightmaster as well. Yeah, okay. Um, which brings us perfectly to what a segue today's uh, what a segue. episode. That's I don't. Don't say anything about these things. Well done. Um, we're talking about pilot watches. Yeah. So it's obviously um, clocks made a massive difference to navigation uh, around the world because people could work out how far they'd sailed and time relative to where the sun was and all that sort of stuff, and they could work out, therefore, where they were. I don't understand the maths of it, but that was a pretty good way of explaining. Time do means I. you know where you're going. Exactly, comparing time to astronomical charts, basically, where things are in the sky compared to what the, the accurate clock says. Yeah. And uh, watches have always been essential for the same reasons to pilots because obviously, you know, as you get up high or whatever, the, 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 the what's the word, perspective on how far you've moved or whatever yeah, it is exactly. really means that you, you don't know where you're going. So, um, and I guess... It's probably useful to kind of define, I guess, when we're, when we're we're talking about this, what we mean. So um, things like uh, pilot watches feature things like legibility. Yeah. So you have to be able to see it um, under difficult circumstances. And in the modern times, that goes wrong with a big dial, right? That tends to be what you see. You think the IWC big pilot or, or Navitimers, just massive, massive discs of watches, yeah. Yeah, although Navitimers arguably – have zero legibility. <laughs> There's zero too much legibility. going on. Although I think if you know if you know what a slide rule does, that probably helps. But I certainly don't. I need to give a shout out here to to a fellow Brisbaneite or you know Queenslander um, Warwick who who launched a brand recently, Atmos Watches. I don't know if you ever saw this. It was a Kickstarter um, that successfully funded with a slide rule bezel and everything. And unfortunately, due to some really um, unfortunate circumstances in his personal life, he had to cancel the Kickstarter. But he should be coming back. So Atmos Watches was something I saw using a proper slide rule bezel without all the Navitimer fluff. It was just awesome. time only and a slide rule, and it was amazing. So, That's yeah, cool. it was cool. Um, but, look, we've got a selection on the table that we're going to talk about. I think, um, you know, if we're talking historical terms, we should probably talk about the first pilot watch. Um, fortunately, you know, we've got one in store today, um, the modern interpretation of that watch being the Cartier Santos. Uh, this is a watch that came out originally in 1911 uh, and was designed – for pilots, for ultra legibility, uh, and I think that's that stayed the course of, of you know it stayed true to its design heritage for all that time over what hundred years, uh, and a beautiful rendition of the modern example of that watch. There, I, I think these are one of the, the more underrated watches. I mean, I, I say the same thing about these as I said a couple of episodes about about the the big. Uh, the uh, Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't personally. I don't really love the sort of industrial look of them. Yeah. But but uh, for my own wrist. But I think it really works, and I think that you know, obviously Cartier's execution of it is is gorgeous. Um, and frankly, I didn't know that they came out as a pilot's watch originally. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's, uh, that's news to me. But they are gorgeous, and they're, they're certainly certainly legible and. Uh, a, a really nice watch. And with this one, I mean, I, I've been fortunate. I've had two Santos's in my personal collection. I've had a Galbi, uh, which is the previous. I have one with a Gilche dial. It's gorgeous. And then I've had the medium white dial of this. Uh, we, with these, you get quick release links, not just the strap. I mean, the strap pops out from the case and you can change it to bracelet or straps. But each link is removable without tools. 
So not only is this the first pilot's watch, it's innovating to this day with things like quick release bracelets and quick release links, which I think is really, really cool on these ones. Uh, these are a great option if you're looking for a pilot's watch to just say, hey, I got the first pilot's watch. That's better than that. Super nice. And what else have we got on the table? I think uh, you wanted to talk about IWC today. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of people, a lot of people want big pilots. Yeah, and I think that they're a nice watch. Uh, it's another one that I think is in the maybe people pay a little bit too much for it for what it is. Don't pay retail section. Yeah, look, even secondhand. I mean, the I mean, I, I love these these fliegers. The fliegers are graphs. Cool. Yeah. I think they're gorgeous. I think they are, you know, they really define what a Flieger chronograph should look like. Yeah. It's arguable that, in fact, the design came from Laco, from yeah, from sort of Luftwaffe designs of years before. Exactly. But, this is, but this is very, very, very true to the sort of German, very, very Teutonic uh, purity. You know, Fortis does a, a Flieger, which is okay, very, very yeah, similar. Nice so there are there are a lot of um, Flieger chronographs or pilot chronographs that really this watch is is the innovator for, and I love them. And it, you know, sort of five uh, anywhere between you know four for a, a dumper and, and through to you know five, six, seven for grand. the chronos. Yeah, of for course. the chronos yeah. is amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing what you get for the money with these for the chrono, right? I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah. When, when you're talking chronos, the the Flieger. Sorry, the Flieger, the Fortis and the IWC are probably the two ones you want to go for yeah. um, budgetary-wise, I think, you know, if you've got five grand to spend. Oh, for me personally, get the IWC. Um, I know you really like the Fortis, though. Well, I think the thing is that the Fortis is, I mean, they're both a 7750. Yeah. Base movement. Yeah. So it's the same thing with a different rotor on it. Maybe someone polished something or other or whatever, but it's basically the same guts of the thing. Um the design is ever so slightly different, and the Fortis has just a little bit more color in it. Yeah, because the color of the loom and everything yeah. is slightly different. Which, if you like that, is great. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I think the I think the IWC is it's it certainly has a nicer bracelet and everything. So yeah. the build quality is definitely better on the casing and the bracelet and, and, and everything. Um, straps not as much of a difference. But you're going to get the same look and feel for a, for a couple of grand less. Right? Absolutely. So if you don't have five thousand dollars for it's not the end of the world for an IWC, you can get something which is extremely comparable uh, in every way, really, um, for a lot less. Although they they seem to be coming up a little bit for for a good one. I do tend to agree. And, and you know, when we're talking about this sort of German style or German inspired World War II Flieger esque watch. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You could, like you said earlier, you can go to Laco, um, Stover. You can go to those brands and Young Hans. Young Hans, Young Hans is Young a Hans, great Young call. Hans is an excellent. Um, yeah, for a grand, brand new, yeah. you're going to pick up a really good ETA Solita-based watch with a Flieger design. That if you get one that's not branded on the dial, because that's a, a bit of a trope of these watches, is there's no branding on the dial. Yeah. You get one of those, you'd never know. You'd never know it wasn't an IWC. Yeah, it's. They're pretty good. So I think And you know what at the bottom end, and I, maybe it's embarrassing to say this, Junkers. Junker, yeah. Junkers. They I have never bought one because I, I don't know anything about the brand. It's not very, very and they seem very, very cheap. Yeah. But to be fair, they have some super cool designs that if they were, you know, 
put out by an IWC or a Fortis or whatever, you'd be like, wow, that's... I think that's the thing. If you're going for a three-hand, just a simple three-hand Flieger, don't go the big pilots, don't go the $10,000 IWCs or anything like that. Just get one of those Junkers, Junghans, Shova, Lacos for a thousand bucks or less, and you're going to have a great time. It's it's basically the same watch, essentially. For all intents and purposes, what you're getting is the same, and you may as well enjoy it. And, and, re- and the, the history of LACO, we haven't got time to run through a massive amount of it, but the history of LACO is that they are arguably the ones who kind of invented that style with the with the triangle and yeah. the two dots and all that for watches that they were making for the Luftwaffe during World War One. So you might as well get so one of those. Have a look at the history of it, and they yeah. make some um, they make some gorgeous watches now, really good value. Well, we've got watches on the table here that we're talking, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. For a thousand bucks, go get the Laco. It's there's no there's no runner. But right, watch. we can go down that path for a long time. We yeah. can. So let's talk modern and let's talk ridiculous. Let's talk Bremont Alti B um, in full blackout, completely flying in the face. Flying in the face. He segues. I do puns. Uh, flying in the face of <laughs> pilot watch trope. Um, this is. Not legible at all. This is full black, black rotor, black case, black everything, bright white hands that about the only thing that's legible on this is the time. Yeah. Um, everything else is just for show and fun, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, I think, I think uh, Bremont, this, this, this is a pity for me from Bremont. I mean, the, the time legibility is awesome yeah. and I do like the fact that, that those, the hands are white and that really stands out and everything. Uh why I say it's disappointing is that I think that Bremont are doing they, they, their designs are cool. Like it's it's something modern. It's something that is distinctly a Bremont. If you yeah. see one of these, it, it cannot be anything else. Um, and that colorway is just pointless. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, it's just pointless. And it's you know, I mean, look, it's cool, and you can argue that that black on black on black is cool. Um, I would not own one of these and I have sworn to never own another black car because they're probably always dirty. And I do, own, got one. I do own a black <laughs> I, I have an all black car that's wrapped black um, and it is always dirty. But it's matte, don't know. Yeah, it, it was, it's matte in parts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's matte in parts. It's actually, it's, it's really annoying um, to the point that I... We, <laughs> This is going to make me sound really bad. But you know what? I love you guys and I'll let you have it. Um, every second week, I'm in the store on a Saturday for half a day just to make sure everything's okay. And um, one of um, our very good friend's sons has started up a car detailing business. And <laughs> I'm one of his regular customers. And he comes to the shop and washes all the guys in the store's car um, because mainly I hate my black car being dirty. <laughs> so I just make him to do it. And in Queensland as well, it must be hot oh, all the time. It is. So it black is. on black on black watch. Not um, same as black on black, black car. Like, looks cool, undeniable. My, um, just oh, I'm gonna, difficult I'm, to live with. I'll throw myself in further. My wife has an all black wrapped car as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guilty of the crime of black <coughs> on, black, on black. Um, let's quickly escape ridiculousness to ridiculousness and talk <laughs> Bell & Ross. We've got to watch here. Uh, Bell & Ross is a brand uh, that is probably most known for their pilot style inspiration. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're actually... Developing pilot watches is probably up for you guys to decide. Um, I'm torn on this. We have here one of the tonneau shapes, uh, the BRO2, in matte black and rose gold. 
I think that the, we're, we're, I agree with you. I think it's, they're more pilot inspired than pilot's watches. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's important on a pilot's watch is, is actually a chronograph. And the slide rule. I did have the chronograph of that in the store so, until last week. So and so, that, so that's why I, I like the fleegers and yeah. you know so I, because it helped them to time distances Distance. flown and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think these are these are very much inspired by sort of dashboard uh, dials and instruments. They do a really good job of that. Um, they do do a chrono of this exact watch. Um, it doesn't have slide and stuff, but it is a chrono as well. So you can imagine an, another pusher on the bottom of this one is the same. I think the other thing is with this one, the, the crown guard would make it difficult in yeah. pilot's gloves. To, but I don't even know when, the pilots wear, wear gloves. gloves. Do they still? When, they, when they're in their old-timey pop, pop, pop <laughs> little propeller thing with their thick gloves going, oh, by Jove. By Jove. Yeah. I can't adjust this watch. This is, I don't think so, that's relevant. No, I don't think it is, to be honest. But Bell and Ross the same. I mean, I got the other day. I got a. It's part of their vintage line, so it's not a pilot's watch, but it's their Phantom, the Phantom Edition. Yeah, black on black on black. It's ridiculous. It's like a dark. It's it's even worse than than this one. Insofar as it, within the Bremont, it, this particular model Bremont, because it's a dark charcoal grey dial with with almost black, like burnt match head coloured. Loom oh, on the God. hands on all the hands. So you can't read it. And the black, the 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 numbers on the 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 the, the hour numbers and the second uh, sub second indicators are all printed black as well. And the loom glows like very 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 faint purple. Like your shirt. So even fainter than that. So you cannot read it even in the dark, let alone oh. in, you know in sunlight. So. Um, Crazy Bell and Ross. But is it cool? No. I know. You know what? Karen, my wife, summed it up when I sent her a photo and said, hey, check this out. She said, is that a swatch? And I looked at the photograph and I went, 100% fair enough. Because that shape, that bigger, that BR143, 146, I think, is the shape of a swatch. And arguably, okay, arguably the perfect case shape and all of that. Yeah. But this watch with its grey rubber strap and the, you know, whatever is... That hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it's for sale on my... (laughs) (laughs) Ben hates it. But it's... I hate it. But it's... But to be fair, it's... Look, I, I... I get why someone who would like yeah. that look would like it. I'd I'd probably like it. For me, I'll, I'll, yeah, it's I'd, not, I'd probably not, love it. So, so I, the thing I love about Bell & Ross, and putting aside the BR05, which is their sports watch model um, that they did with the integrated bracelet, which is a bit pandery, but I do quite like it still, but I digress, is the brand exudes fuck you energy. Like that, that's who they are yeah. as a company. They are... I'm making big, square, pizza box-looking watches. I'm making a, a pilot's Stars watch that crazy. can yeah. go to the skies and go a 1,000 metres below the ocean because why not? And I think that's why Bell & Ross have a place. I think that they exemplify the fuck you energy of a watch brand that's having fun. And I think because of that, it's not going to be for everyone. It may not be for you. Um, it definitely doesn't seem like it's it's for you in the most part when they get a bit crazy like that when you're talking about pilot's watches. Um, oh, certainly, certainly from a pilot's watch point of view, I've always liked Bell and Ross though. Like I've got I've got one of the older vintage 
models, the, right. the sort of with the two, um, the, the six and nine subdials. Yes. That's the one I think I told you the story. I, I had a problem with Bell and Ross because one more, I, I needed a new chrono yeah. unit and uh, my watchmaker told me it would be $400 and then I you know, kind of went, shit, well, these are retailing at, although I ten times bought that. the watch very well, but, you know, retailing 10 times that. Um, but I do like Bell and Ross. And one of the things that I like about Bell and Ross is that they do such a good job of taking traditional, well-thought-out watchmaking uh, standards and tropes, design tropes, yeah. and making them new. I mean, everything about this watch has been done before by somebody. Yeah. And, but they combine it in, in such a way that it feels it, fresh. It feels fresh. They use colours and materials that, that feel fresh, uh, and they're really good. I love them. And they um, they work together with Zinn, which is a favourite brand of mine as well. Um, I think the Bell & Ross Zinn, Bell & Ross by Zinn co-signed models are going to probably, you know, become even more and more collectible over time. Um, what that does to the price of them, don't know, but I think they're more and more desirable. Uh, well, I think it only helps the more that we have Bell & Ross in the marketplace and the better Bell & Ross are doing. I mean, they're winning GPHG awards with their skeletons. They're doing Tor is it Torbjorn skeleton they did? Yeah. Um, they're doing the radar stuff that's super popular. So the more Bell & Ross is in the zeitgeist and, and yeah. being more respected by watch collectors can only help things like the Zinn by Bell & Ross or Bell & Ross by Zinn. Absolutely. The same way we saw with Zinn and their Navitimers. Yeah. You know, Zinn literally do a Navitimer that is a genuine Navitimer because they bought the rights to it. And so, and then uh, you were telling me a, a little while back, Breitling were buying it back and it was this whole thing. But if you can find a Zinn Navitimer, you're going to pay just as much as a Breitling one. Like they are popular. So I think that will only help. Zinn's a, a good name in the watch market and a good name in the watch collection circle. So having that associated with your brand is never a bad thing. Worth looking at. Worth For looking sure. At. Um, great that we covered off a Zinn with such interesting materials this time. Um, our next episode is going to be about materials yes. and, and how uh, that varies with, with what watches are made of um, and what uh, shininess is put as part of the casing <laughs> and all that. Uh, we also have some amazing guests coming up, uh, lined up for the next uh, in the next few episodes as well. Um, won't say too much, but let's just say... Do keep an eye out for that because that's going to be awesome. We've got brand CEOs coming on. Um, we've got you know some really really special people in the world of watchmaking coming on. So yeah, indeed, indeed. So um, we are definitely off to see the wizard. Um, <laughs> so as usual, thank you very much to the community who do uh, give us comments, and likes, and shares. Um, please uh, do that if you enjoy what you see. It uh, certainly helps us. Smash the like button. Uh, and from me, Fine Watches AU on Instagram and Lewis GC Watch Guy on Instagram, and both of us here at the Fine Watches podcast. Until next time, enjoy. Take care.